And indeed, it is time for the Global Threat Report. GlobalThreatSolutions.com for peace of mind in uncertain times. GlobalThreatSolutions.com. Check it all out. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain, uh, Ken Bombay, and his company provide so much, so many services uh, for peace of mind, again, in uncertain times. That is uh, GlobalThreatSolutions.com. The aforementioned Captain Ken Bombay. Sir, we welcome you on a Tuesday. Uh, so much going on, my friend. So much going on. Yeah, yeah, there's big changes uh, in, in, well, first of all, we had a 48-hour extension in Israel right now. Yesterday, they uh, released another 11 hostages. This brings the total, since the ceasefire began at 58, but overall, 69 hostages have been released. And that also includes an exchange of 150 Palestinian criminals that were being held in Israeli prisons. Um, This extension came after Qatar and uh, the U.S. worked on this truce, and each day, Jay, for the next two days, 48 hours, they'll release, the deal is they'll release an additional 10 hostages each day. And as we move forward right now, we're going to see how long, I know the U.S. is hoping to continue this, to push, and it puts Israel in a tough spot because, you know, they have families and they have a lot of pressure, global pressure to, first of all, have a humanitarian pause, but more importantly, these families want their family members released, and they're making progress in that. So they have a lot of pressure to allow this pause to continue right now. Cap, I'm concerned. Now, I heard an interview last night in one of the shows uh, with uh, Colonel uh, Jonathan Conrique. It's been very good. He's one of the spokes, uh, uh, people that you hear, folks, uh, that comments exactly what's going on in and around since this began. Um, but he said something I haven't heard, and that was there is a cap as far as what they're going to deal with here, as far as the ceasefire is concerned. It's about 10 days, he said, unless, big unless here, unless uh, more hostages will be released and uh, and uh, those still have to be defined somewhat there. I haven't heard that before regarding a cap on this whole thing. Listen, I think uh, I think it's great, these, these children, it's hard to believe a 10-month-old. I mean, it, it is just, it's ridiculous. To, to, to conjure up these these thoughts as to all that has happened since October the 7th. Um, with that being said, as, as we have dealt with this all along, Cap, you know, this job has to be finished. I'm worried that it won't. I really am. The more that Hamas is delaying the inevitable here by trickling out 10 hostages here, 10 hostages there, Two, three more days of ceasefire on top of everything. Um, this is now, what, day five here. Uh, I am very concerned that the IDF is not going to be able to finish what it's sought out to do here. Do you get a sense of that or no? Yeah, so there's a few things I'd say about that. Is One is what you just said. We know Hamas is using this time valuably right now to recuperate from this this. Uh, Israeli campaign that's been going on. Um, Also, during this pause, they just announced, President Biden announced, they put in two, they sent in 200 aid trucks into Gaza, and that's for, you know, supplies and equipment, things they need, and an additional eight trucks that have cooking and heating gas, fuel. And we know that at a minimum, a good portion of that is going to Hamas, which allows them to sustain fighting right now. So 
Yeah, I have real concerns about about them allowing two things. First, them allowing the Hamas to regroup, and also they're they're doing this trickle uh, of hostages a little at a time, which is going to prolong this. I have a feeling you're going to have extreme pressure from the U.S. to try and continue this. Not to mention the families, because that's the, the you know. As much as nobody wants to allow, or at least the Israelis definitely don't want to allow Hamas to regroup, these families want their family members home. They, every time they're, they, if you put yourself in their position, tomorrow might be my family member. So they want these these extensions right now. It allows them to regroup. And one thing you mentioned before, Jay, that I think we need to discuss is that you said the 10-month-old, the youngest hostage being held by Hamas, which is, first of all, indicative that Hamas is a terror group, not a legitimate government entity and they're definitely not soldiers for sure but one thing that really bothers me is that people are trying to call this a hostage exchange this isn't a hostage hostage exchange these on one side you know um we need we have innocent civilians israeli hostages they're innocent civilians who were stolen from their families and brutalized by these savages these hostages watch their families murdered and raped when they were taken these hostages consist of women and children as young as 10 months old like you just said which is unbelievable that that this was done and on the other side the palestinians being released are prisoners i was looking at some of the profiles of these people and they were arrested for crimes many of them violent crimes like stabbing police officers and they've sworn to be martyrs and killed jews this we cannot draw we cannot equate these two things here. This is not a, a legitimate hostage exchange. This is hostages, innocent civilians, and criminals on the other side that Israel is forced to release because they value human life and they want to get these family members home. And and just to add into this, on the view, they had the, the co-host, Sonny Hostin, said Monday, she was upset and made a point of bring, said it's unfortunate that people have taken sides and that the view was showing only the Jewish family reunification. She wants us to show these Palestinians uh, re- reuniting with their family members, these prisoners that have killed people. I mean, it's it's unbelievable to me how people are missing this. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to watch. It really is. You know, my fear again, you know, I just wish this president would do the right thing and basically state to the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do to keep the country safe and don't don't cave in to the pressures of the world because I think that's what's happening right now. That's my fear, that Netanyahu and company uh, are basically uh, going to cave in based on all that's going on here. And I believe that my belief is that with these pauses and everything else, and you make a good point with these Palestinian prisoner release releases. You know, it's a ratio of around three to one here. So, in essence, uh, Biden should tell Netanyahu, do what you do, got to do. If you need to finish the job, go about it. Because in the end, uh, less Hamas is better for all of us. Okay? That's what it comes down to. They must eradicate, eradicate this group so that it does ne- never rears its ugly head again, ever, okay? Uh, and, and they have to, you know, uh, this president has to uh, 
has to really accentuate that point, but you know he is not because he too is on a political landscape here that says to him and his administration uh, that they must, you know, and they give you the humanitarian and everything else, uh, but they're forgetting the fact that Hamas will live on and do this again over and over as they have vowed to do. And that's why Netanyahu cannot let up one iota here. One iota. Right. I, I totally agree. And, you know, President Biden yesterday made a statement he put out and said that uh, we are taking full advantage of the pause in fighting to increase the amount of humanitarian aid moving into Gaza and will continue our efforts to build a future of peace and dignity, dignity for the Palestinian people. Now, that's what he put out in a press release. This is what, because you know what he's doing here, Jay? He's, he's appeasing people on the left who, in large numbers, support the Palestinians. He has, he has to put out these statements right now. This is political, clearly. And, and really, what is, he says, they're going to envision this future for Palestine. What is that future? A two-state solution? Really? Is that what he's talking about? Because, Jay, as long as the people of Gaza allow themselves to be governed by a terror group, this will never happen. And, and, Jay, the reality is that the Palestinians allow themselves to be led by a group like Hamas because so many of them support Hamas and their anti-Israel mission. It's true. There's a, you know, people don't want to talk about it, but they, a lot of the Palestinians support Hamas. And, and that's why we're in this situation right now. I see no future of peace between Israel and Palestine that doesn't include Israel having oversight of security in the region. I don't see it happening. Furthermore, what is so, so crazy to me, it's so ironic, right now how they've demonized Israel Israel has actually done more for the Palestinian people than any other country in the world they've done more for the Palestinians than Hamas Jay Hamas has has victimized their own people time and time again so I I don't see this this um, utopian two-state solution that President Biden speaks of and I think that all he's doing is appeasing the left we've essentially had a two-state solution for decades they cannot peacefully coexist with the Israelis right next to them. It's as simple as that. Listen, Cap, we know war is hell. Uh, and we know that there are consequences. We know that there are consequences on innocent people as well as others. Uh, and that is it. You know, you protect, you try and protect civilians to the best that you can. But in the midst of a war... Uh, you know, listen, I hate to say it like this, anything goes. And we know that these, uh, these Hamas, this Hamas group uses civilians as human shields. We know that. I mean, they have, they have stored themselves in hospitals, in schools, for the very purpose of intertwining themselves into society so that the backlash will come by way of Israel regarding this situation okay and we know that is the case here but we also know what war is and innocent people die in war i mean that is just a you know a derivative of what's going on and quite frankly uh you know i i hear all these uh you know i listen to a lot of these guys and gals on these shows uh who go by by way of the other direction you know the 7,000 innocent people babies uh that have been killed but uh, again it, we lose sight of the fact that we didn't start that 
Israel didn't start this, okay? Israel did not start this, this whole thing. And that leads me to this. We still have an, a definitive answer as far as intelligence. October the 7th, what went wrong? I have not heard one iota of anything regarding exactly that because we don't want this to happen again. Do we know anything that happened prior to October 7th for this to come out? Yeah, so, you know, Jay, I, I, what I will say, Benjamin Netanyahu and other leadership in the Israeli government, they said there will be a time we are going to have an investigation. We are going to see exactly what failures happened, and those responsible will be held accountable for those. But they said right now is not the time. We have to take military action immediately. We're at war. We don't have time to have these hearings and this investigation. We're going to do it It'll, when the time is right. I give them credit for saying that, and I do agree. All the focus right now needs to be on destroying Hamas and not being sidetracked. But one thing I'll say is that I think that what, what might have happened, or at least part of it, is that Israel, a lot of people don't realize this in the U.S., but they had a very similar situation to the one we have right now in the United States, that there was a, a big divide in Israel. Many people wanted to basically have an open border with Palestine. They thought this was the solution, and that's why you heard they were allowing 20,000 Palestinians to come in and work daily in Israel. And that gave them this, um, they felt that because they were allowing the Palestinians this freedom and they were moving in that direction, that they'd have no incentive to launch an attack like this. And they were caught sleeping, you know, and I think you're going to see that as at least a contributor to this problem right now. But I think the sentiments of the Israeli people have changed. They've seen, very similar to what's going on here with our open border, we know there's so many dangerous things crossing that border every day. You and I talk about it every day between record numbers of members of the terror watch list and fentanyl gangs and cartel members, human trafficking, all the bad things that are going on there. That's going to come back to bite us one day. It did, and they had a similar situation over there. There's a big push big push to open the border. Similar here, it was, a, it was a two different political sides in Israel. And look what happened. And that's what they're living with right now. So I think they will ultimately get answers as to this failure. There's no way they can't. Um, but I, I kind of agree with Netanyahu that right now is not the time. You know, that, that investigation will come. But I think right now they need to be focused and they need complete unity behind this government while they root out Hamas. Yeah, I get it. Uh, we're talking with the captain, of course, the Global Threat Report. You know, speaking of that 10-month-old, it was an Israeli boy. It's the youngest option, uh, hostage captured by Hamas. Uh, and his family, they've been now handed off to another Palestinian terror group. And this is what you get, this psychological warfare cap, torture, more torture here. This is why you can't really trust Hamas with anything that they do or say uh, to have this 10 month old handed off now to a, another terror group. Can you imagine this? Another terror group. 10 months. Unconscionable. What does that Yana say about imagine. that? Yeah. I, I can't imagine they, what it must be like for that for any of the families but especially a 10 month so susceptible so vulnerable you know to be pointing them off to other terror groups over there it's uh it's you know it's inhuman for this to have happened and if that doesn't draw the line between a terror group and a legitimate military like they have in israel how do people not how can they possibly equate this i don't understand is it 
a very strong divide between the Israelis and Hamas and what's going on right now. And I think that 10-month-old is indicative of exact, exactly the savagery that we've seen come from Hamas. I think as an American, uh, specifically to support Hamas, and or not even Hamas, even to, to choose the Palestinian side in this, like you said before, Jay, if the Israelis were living life, they were going to school, they were, they were going to parties and dinners and living life. They didn't choose this war. They were attacked in a brutal fashion. And to sit here and, and then to turn this around within two weeks and say this is Israeli genocide is ridiculous. You know, we've seen the steps that they've gone to. Do you, I mean, let's remember after 9-11. You, you, we moved into Afghanistan. I mean, the gloves were off, Jay. You know, in those conflicts, the numbers, we, we, you know, we focus so much on the number of uh, casualties we had, U.S. casualties, which is what we should focus on, the number of troops that have sacrificed their life for the cause in Afghanistan and even in Iraq. But hundreds of thousands of human beings died in those conflicts. And we're going to sit here and nitpick the, the, the Israeli military as they try so carefully. They're trying to use precision to root out Hamas. But when you have an enemy... That, that is sitting in hospitals and schools and people's houses and forcing their civilians to come back into Gaza, won't let them flee because they need them as shields. How do we, how do we criticize? How do we critique Israel for the way they're launching this offensive? It's ridiculous. It really is. Talking to the captain here, the Global Threat Report. Let's shift gears a little bit, Captain. Ukraine, Russia, we spoke to uh the situation of drones and strikes in kiev capital city uh that is uh the latest there as the offensive continues here again we lose sight of the fact of what's happening on the other side of the world but in essence um you know the problem still exists as far as these drones we know where they're coming from we know the funding and everything else in play here uh but uh you know, there's nothing really uh, on the radar of anything uh, uh, anything coming coming about as far as uh, newness in this conflict, correct? Yeah, it's you know, it's it's just that all eyes are not on it right now. And uh, to borrow the term used for the Korea conflict, this is sort of like the forgotten war right now. But I track it, <laughs> and you track it, and we're we're seeing what's going on there. A couple of big developments where that Ukraine just saw the first batch of U.S. Abram tanks, and they feel that the game changer over there. Yeah. Ground. Of, of course, Moscow says uh, those tanks will burn and will not affect the outcome of the war. Um, also, another big story is that uh, Ukraine had claimed to have killed this commander of Moscow's Black Sea, this uh, uh, fleet admiral, Viktor Sokolov. However, Russia then shows a video of this guy in a meeting and says it's not true. There's no they have been able to verify, you know, whether the video was old and he is dead or not. Ukraine says they're clarifying that information right now. Um, they, you know, Ukraine says if he is dead, it would be great for everybody. I know that uh, Russia also is now seeking to rejoin, amazingly, the UN Human Rights Council. They were kicked out um, in April of last year because they invaded. And now they're trying to get back into that, which is kind of uh, astonishing uh, as they're violating human rights every single day in Ukraine right now. There was also a couple of uh, Danube River port strikes. Russian, uh, Russian drone attacks hit the Danube River port infrastructure and they injured a couple of truck drivers um, and they had to shut down all the ferry crossings over there. There was Odessa strikes 
Russia strikes killed at least two people, caused significant damage in Odessa. Um, they have increased Kherson shelling going on right now. Um, so the thing is, Jay, that Russia, it's what we've been talking about since the beginning. They Do they have the fortitude to just outlast this war? People have, look at look at the West, look at the U.S. We don't even talk about it anymore. Everyone's focused on Israel. Are they, their military tactics are lacking. Their government is corrupt. Their military is problematic, to say the least. The morale is as low as I've seen in a military. But do they have, with a leader like uh, Vladimir Putin, just the brutal fortitude to outlast Ukraine and the rest of the world to win this conflict? And as much as I, I do not agree with the U.S. fronting the bill entirely for this conflict, I also believe the world needs to come together. I think it would be a big mistake to let Russia win that conflict over there. But I think what we need is the rest of NATO and the rest of the world to be supporting us over there, not just the U.S. I agree. We've talked about it all the time regarding uh, America footing the bill for this whole thing. They need help from some of these other NATO countries. Uh, and it's troubling that we have taken the lead. The I mean, listen, you and I talked about those Abrams tanks there. It, that's a huge piece of news. Uh, as far as the uh, the fight uh, is concerned, no question about it. it took time, but they got him, and uh, that is the key. But uh, that being said, you'd like to see a little bit more compliance uh, as far as everybody in uh, in this whole thing rather than just the United States. Uh, no question about it. Cap, we'll be keeping an eye on things both fronts. We await day five. Here we go, and let's see what happens. With more release of hostages, that is the key right now. Uh, but not losing sight of the overall prize here, and that is the complete eradication. Uh, there's no questions asked regarding Hamas, what needs to be done here. Uh, that has to be front and center. Front and center, I think, hopefully, uh, it will be. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, cautious optimism on my end. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. We will chat. Thanks, Jay. I'll be tracking.